As women in leadership, we often face moments of struggle, feeling torn between our natural empathetic side and the push to develop a backbone. We struggle with our integrity and how to show up as our authentic selves in both our personal and professional lives. Aspects of our lives may not match who we know ourselves to be, and we struggle with extra stress, anxiety, and the never-ending quest to find balance. This is the Intuitive Women's Leadership Podcast, the show designed to help empathetic, high-achieving women lead with their intuition and zone of genius. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. I'm a wife, mom, and stepmom to four boys and a furball, a natural-born leader, and a serial entrepreneur. In the first part of my career as a businesswoman, I built a seven-figure chiropractic practice with a small team as a single mom with a child under five. I followed all the supposed to's and ended up building a self-imposed prison that led to major burnout. I made many mistakes. I wasn't connected to my actual genius or any of my needs and struggled to learn hard lessons of leadership that left me feeling disempowered and walked all over. Today, I help other high-achieving women avoid creating their own self-imposed prison and grow as a leader in a way that leaves them energized and free to be themselves in all aspects of life. This is the show where we examine the parts of being a female leader that we don't always talk about, learn how to reconnect to ourselves to strengthen our intuition, and to tap into our zone of genius so that our leadership at work and at home feels natural and energizing. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Alex. I want to share um, some deep thoughts that I've been having. If you've been listening to the show for a while or even for a little bit, you've probably picked up on, I like to have deep conversations that make people think and that maybe challenge the status quo. And I have actually been having a lot of these in the Facebook world recently. I really burned out on Facebook for a while. Speaking of burnout, we're gonna talk about that today. But um, recently I've been engaging in some groups specifically of women chiropractors, but what we've been talking about applies to women everywhere. And so I wanted to bring this conversation here to this platform. And all this started with, I sent a message to a friend of mine who is a male former chiropractor who's been working as a business coach for chiropractors for the last 10 years and just asked his opinion because I've been getting this question as well. You know, chiropractic is just to give context to those who aren't in the chiropractic world who might be listening to this, you know, it's arguably one of the most marginalized professions in healthcare, meaning that we've spent most of our history trying to prove, trying to prove something. There was even a, a period where the AMA actually tried to, the American Medical Association tried to like do away with chiropractic completely. And there was a big lawsuit and an undisclosed amount of money was awarded to the profession as a result of that. And they had a reprimand, but you know, outside of that, so there's a lot of burnout. And I was asking him, you know, from a gender perspective, is it more, have you seen it be more common in men or women? Cause I've been asking this or is it equal? And he came back with that it was higher in women and he gave his opinion on why he thought that was. And it actually had all to do with women aren't aware of, you know, our finances in, in practice. And that was the reason for burnout. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And so I posed the question in a, a group of, of women. And what I got is that most of us are burned out and, and the reason, and I think, you know, there's different levels and layers to this. Like I've shared a lot of my journey of truly, just almost hitting the point of being dysfunctional. Like, honestly, if we, we look at it, lost willpower, like, you know, having no capacity and yet trying to continue to push and build a new business and all of this stuff that, 
ultimately it comes down to these patterns that follow us if you're really not paying attention and don't have some of the tools and just perspective shift and awareness and space and capacity to, to go through that kind of process, the patterns continue to follow you. And that's a lot of what I've experienced in the last five years as I've you know pivoted out of chiropractic into coaching, into functional medicine, into a PhD, into you know now stepping out of the health space altogether and only to circle back to it in a different capacity. Um, and so, you know, it, it brings up this this interesting, it's not really a conundrum because I do think there's a solution, but this thing that it, it deserves all like all of us looking at, right? And so I've had all these conversations with women now that are like, well, I'm burned out because I'm trying to be all things to all people. And a lot of it for us, you know, those who are women and live in the world as women and are working in men's worlds and men's roles, which is a lot of the women on the show, whether you're in this, you know, specific profession of chiropractic that I come from or not, we are dealing with this trying to balance it all, right? And I pose the opinion, I have an opinion, and it's my opinion, you don't have to share it. But what drives a lot of that is actually societal, cultural, collective things that aren't even ours. It's stuff that comes from our past, right? And so, you know, we are, as women, we stepped out of the home into the workforce. And I think we are more than capable of doing that. But we're coming up against all this subconscious programming that then causes us to feel guilty for being outside the home. And we're still trying to do all the things at home in addition to be at work. And we're honestly taking on more than we probably should or is necessary. Like we still, if, if you look at like the amount of time that we spend as women in terms of how like household chores and kids and all of that stuff, we actually spend the same amount of time as we did a hundred years ago when women didn't work, right? When women stayed at home and we spend as much time, more time with our kids today as working moms than we did as stay-at-home moms in 1970. And so it brings up this, like what's really driving us and causing this burnout. And a lot of it is these expectations that we don't even really realize we have that aren't ours. Like I come from a home where my mom is legitimately probably OCD and how clean she likes spaces. And so that was the environment I grew up with. Like she scrubbed our kitchen floor on her hands and knees every single day. We lived on the dirt road, <laughs> the dirt driveway. And there was always dirt because my brother and I were outside all the time and we didn't always take our shoes off. And I swear she probably scrubbed the kitchen floor like twice a day because she just couldn't handle how dirty it was. So like there's, there's that environment that we grow up in. And maybe some of you relate to that. And, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong there, but you have to look at how much of our stress in the home environment is self-created and self-perpetuated. And actually, if we could let go, it really doesn't matter. So I have become like, my mom would never leave dishes in the sink ever. Like she can't like just whoo, can't handle that. And I, if I cook dinner, I am not also doing dishes. Like that has become one of my things. I do them in the morning and that's fine. That's what works for me. But we you know when I've had conversations with groups of women I've coached or just you know, out in the world, it's like, they kind of look at me like, I don't have to do dishes after every meal. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, why do we do this stuff to ourselves? And yet, you know, I, I could hear just in the undertones of a lot of the shares that these women were putting in about 
you know, I'm burned out because I'm trying to be all things to all people. And it's like, they're doing this, but they don't recognize that what's actually driving that. It's like, you know, they think that's just how life is supposed to be. And this is just what life is. And so, yeah, they're going to burn out. And then, you know, it becomes a question of, so then like that back in how much we work, is that what we're supposed to do? Do we, because then on the, the flip side of that, we're also trying to prove ourselves constantly at work. And I experienced this as a chiropractor, you know, I had men and I know that this permeates like all professions, right. That women have stepped into corporate, not corporate, owning your own business, not owning your own business, teaching, like all of that stuff we've got. And I think there's certain careers where women are more prominent now, but you know, I dealt with a, the first guy I worked for as a chiropractor when I moved to Alaska. He looked at me, like sized me up, you know, very obviously and was like, yeah, you're not going to be able to adjust my patients. And I was like, uh, let me prove it. <laughs> and so I did. But why should I have to do that? Right. When people found out I was a chiropractor, you know, the first statement is always, oh, my neck or my back hurts. And then it's like, who do you work for? And I'm like, why is the automatic assumption that I work for someone? I own the second largest practice in town <laughs> like that but that's just not where as a society we automatically go and a lot of those comments actually came from other women because we just there's this underlying permeating thing that keeps perpetuating this issue where it's like we stepped into the workforce but we also haven't fully given ourselves permission to be there unless we show up in a very masculine way that can feel very inauthentic for a lot of women and you know for some it is authentic and that's great and amazing and all of the things and you know we have to navigate all of these nuances of still doing most of the stuff at home and balancing it with work and trying to push ourselves and yes there's growth that we should and definitely does happen as we enter the workforce and advance and move up and you know get challenged by new roles or or whatever it is and that's a lot of what i talk about on this podcast and part of why i i moved into this idea of intuitive leadership is to start getting to the crux of how we authentically show up by starting to leave some of that stuff behind and actually following what's in our gut i had a, a conversation with a former client yesterday that i haven't talked to in a while and you know she's weighing a bunch of different things and had some stuff shift at work and, you know, looking at X, Y, Z. And I, I just kept asking like, what does your gut say? And she knew immediately. She's like, well, my gut says this. And I'm like, okay, can we listen to it? And, and this is where the thing is. This is, you know, if I, if you take anything from today's topic, that's kind of me spewing all over the place, but hopefully making sense. I'm, I'm a little fired up about all this. It's, you know, can we start to give ourselves permission to listen to our gut and to stop worrying about what everyone else thinks and just be ourselves and allow that to be okay? Because we will attract the people that we need to attract. We will, you know, find the way to to fulfill whatever role that we're stepping into in a way that is empower, you know, serves us best and our organizations best. And some of this, this client that I spoke with yesterday was actually the one who introduced me to the concept of working genius, which is something I did an episode on that I know quite a few of you have listened to because it's one of my most listened to episodes this year. But in that, you know, there's ways that we show up at work that bring us joy and energy, or there's, there's parts of work that bring us joy and energy. And what I have found 
with entrepreneurs, with those in leadership positions, you know, it, there's expectations that are put on roles. This happens at home too, actually, that, you know, start to drain us of energy that aren't necessarily in our working genius, our, our place where we get joy and energy derived from. And just, just like give some context to this. So, you know, for me personally, I'll use my own as an example as an example, there's six types of working genius. And these are like the six things that happen in order for any kind of project or, you know, idea to come to fruition in the context of work. So the first is wonder, which is like asking the big questions. Like, I wonder about this. The next is invention, which is creating a solution for those big questions. Discernment is undeciding if that's, you know, the people who are great at figuring out if that solution has merit is worth pursuing. Galvanizing is getting everybody on board with that and like, woohoo, let's go do it. Enablement is those who come on and support and help create it. And then tenacity are the people who are like the taskmasters, like get it done, right? And so we each have two of these that are genius, two of them that are our competency and two of them that are our zone of frustration. And what can happen is both at home and at work and as women in particular, because we are so self-judgmental in a lot of ways. And many of us like this is, you know, I'm, I'm facting based on non-fact, but most of us can relate to this is like, we've got these negative conversations in our heads. And so things that are in our zone of competence or zone of frustration, I think we start to beat ourselves up about and, you know, make ourselves bad or wrong or, or force ourselves to do it when it's absolutely exhausting. So in my own case, like I am, intuitive my 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 genius is in intuition and discernment so i'm super creative i'm great at coming up with new ideas i love creating new ideas i love making new things and that's part of why i love this podcast and i get so much energy and joy from it and excitement and it's amazing and then my zone of competence is wonder and enablement and so those two combined make are kind of like you know humble team player who doesn't want to take any credit which is interesting because that's how I built and led my my practice. And then my zone of frustration is actually in tenacity and galvanizing, <laughs> which as a business owner is really interesting, but also in a home environment is really interesting. And so I you know, started to see some of the things like I'll wash all the dishes except like two pans. And then I walk away and don't even really think about it. And then I'm you know beating myself up for not fully finishing the task. It's just not in my zone of genius. <laughs> like, And so it's about starting to recognize these things in ourselves both at work and at home and i'm going to bring this back to this you know whole concept of burnout and how we show up and approach both of these things but for this client i was talking to yesterday you know she's had some shifts at work and so she's been put into been put into this role that is not in her zone of genius like not in her working genius she's taken this assessment and done some of this um you know work to, to have this conversation at this level with me. And this is one of the things I actually have started doing with women kind of as a, you know, not a long-term coaching commitment, but if anybody's interested in learning and figuring out how to be more in your genius, have the things that you do in your day, be energizing and bring you joy and, you know, either delegate or use tools or, just be aware of the things that aren't there for you at first and you know figure out how to get less of them off your get more of them off your plate that's what i'm trying to say that is something that i would be happy to just take a look at what that would look like for you it's a little different for each person so 
feel free to email me, um, Dr. Alex at emergentwomencoaching.com. And I'm happy to share what that would look like for anybody who's listening. Back to this, you know, so she's stepping into this new role at work and she's also someone just like me, TNG, so tenacity and gal um, galvanizing are in her <laughs> zone of frustration. And so a lot of our conversations, I've known her for years, have been around like, if I could just get my house more organized or, you know, just create this space for myself or get through this project or like, you know, all this stuff that's in the way of her actually being in her genius and the freedom that comes in recognizing she doesn't have tenacity and galvanizing is in like how, you know, we have to look at how can we bring support. And so my encouragement to her was, you know, can you go to whoever's overseeing like the whole department and be like, hey, here's what I'm really great at. Here's how I can help support. You know, how can we bring in people to do some of these other things or, or you know, outsource some of this other stuff that I'm just not that good at. <laughs> and when we can start having those conversations and be willing, you know, I think there has to be a willingness to say like, yeah, this isn't something that I'm really that great at, but someone else will love it. And I'm not saying like give your job away, but can you, you know, reorganize and restructure both at home and at your job or, you know, if you own a business or a practice, like in there, restructure so that you are doing more of the things that energize you and fill you up and bring you joy, or you're doing more of the things that you've always hated from a place <laughs> of your actual genius. So maybe it looks differently than you know, the structure and the box that we tend to put things in. And there, I'm super creative. So I can look at this and be like, we, that would be really fun to like figure out how to do bookkeeping from a place of, you know, discernment and invention. Um, other people will be like, oh my gosh, please don't, you know, reinvent the wheel. And there's, there's an extent that you want to do that, but I will reinvent the wheel all day long because that's fun for me. And so it's, you know, I, I in the broader sense of, of burnout, like the, the people who created the working genius really talk about that as a path and as a tool of, you know, broader understanding of ourselves and how we work and work in a team. And this includes at home because we, if you have a family, you are technically part of a team. And just, you know, I have a lot of children who don't help with act like anything at all. And so we're, we're working on some of that, but as you can start to understand yourself in this way and start to make more space for the things that actually fill you up, you are less burned out. There's less of this need to, you know, constantly be people pleasing. I think that's a, a big problem of what's underneath all of this, but even deeper than that, it's these subconscious patterns that a lot of us have that we're not even aware of. You know, I wasn't aware of so many of the things that have been running in the background for me that have contributed to me burning out. You know, there's like, we have to start giving ourselves permission and just try on, like even if it's scary or it seems completely unrealistic or we wonder how that's gonna work. Like, can we try on the things that we dream about? What if you had more time? What if you only work part-time? What if you work full-time? and have help with everything else what if you know what if you can be fully present even if you have less quantity of time with your children can it can it be a higher quality you know what do you really need to be fulfilled to enjoy life to have all those things and being willing to allow life to shift into 
unfold and to hold you in that place that you want to be in. And I know this can sound like super pie in the sky, especially for those who are maybe single parents or have spouses or partners who are gone a lot, like all of that, it can feel very impossible or limiting. And I'm here to tell you it's not. <laughs> I've been in both of those situations. Um, and it is very possible to create the life that is fulfilling. And, you know, we only have this one that we live. And I think as women, we really have to start to come together and stand up for what we need with the permission to still be a part of a working world and to be a significant part of it in high leadership roles and in owning businesses and doing the things that we are fully capable of and are worthy of doing and are worthy of making the same amount as men. That's another issue that um, I've been discussing is just as women, it's even worse among entrepreneurs. We only pay ourselves 28 cents on the dollar to what men would pay themselves for the same, you know, basically the same thing. So hopefully all this makes sense. I'm going to wrap this up now because I think I've given you plenty to think about, but I would love to know for you just, you know, in, in looking at all this, like maybe you check out the working genius or maybe you really take a hard look at, you know, where do you feel really, really stuck or like you don't see a path forward. And some of those clues are places where you say, well, I can't do that. If there's a can't anywhere, there's a really great book by Nancy Levin. I'm going to try to get her on the show at some point called Worthy. And, you know, this is dealing more with our money conversation, but she deals with our money conversation from the context of self-worth. And so in the book, she talks about how I can't is actually an unwillingness. It's I won't. And if you can reframe that to, I am resistant to whatever the thing is, you know, working more, working less, asking for higher pay, like whatever, wherever you're feeling stressed and like you're unfulfilled and in a box. <laughs> if you can rephrase that to, you know, I'm resistant to this. And then whatever the belief is that we have, you know, why do you feel that you can't do that? What's the underlying belief? We all have these. I've had a few women, you know, in the groups that I've been sharing and challenge me on like, well, no, you know, I don't, I believe I'm worthy and I believe this. And then they go on to, to talk about um, how they have to be everything to everyone at all times. And I'm like, okay, it is a self-worth conversation. There's underlying beliefs that says we have to do that, right? And if you love doing that, great. That's amazing. You're fulfilled. You're happy. If you're not, <laughs> it's time to start identifying some of those. And one of the, another way to look at that is to ask the what ifs, you know, what are your biggest fears? What, like, what are the things that you, you know, what if my husband leaves me and my kids hate me? And like, you know, what if I lose my job? Like, what are the, the deepest fears that you have around this? And start to pull out some of those limiting beliefs. And then we get creative with coming up with ways to avoid your worst case scenario while also starting to change and starting to expand our capacity for our own worth and for our own needs and for what really matters to us in this world. And all of that is what ultimately gets us out of burnout and living in a way where we're empowered and fulfilled and inspired and modeling that to our children, which is hugely important. So with that, I'm going to leave you for this week. Please, if this sparked anything for any of you, even if you want to, you know, 
argue with me or, or don't share my opinion. I welcome your input and feedback. You know, I'm not a one track mind. This is just kind of where my brain's been out lately. And, you know, also recognizing that intuition, which I just think is that of as that, you know, feeling in our gut. And we all know what that feels like. It could be butterflies. It could be like it's willpower. It's, it's that like gut reaction to things. Start to pay attention to that. That's what this podcast is all about is, is being willing to allow that to show up and not, you know, tampering it down because the world says like, oh no, you can't do that. What if we can? Just what if? All right. I hope you ladies have a wonderful week and we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Intuitive Women's Leadership Podcast. It is for listeners like you that I continue to show up each and every week to share innovative thoughts on leadership, connecting to our intuition, and finding ways to lead personally and professionally from our zone of genius. If you enjoyed the show, I have a quick request for you. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on whatever platform you're joining us from. This helps us continue to grow and reach even more women around the world who are in need of this conversation. Also, if you love the show and you also love to read as I do, chances are you'll really enjoy my written missives as well. I send out a weekly newsletter called The White Space Chronicle, which is all about helping you create the time and space in your life to implement a lot of the things that we talk about on this show. To join the newsletter, visit www.emergent-women.com backslash newsletter. Again, that's www.emergent-women.com backslash newsletter. Until next time, remember to carve out a little space for yourself each day and to continue practicing connecting with your inner voice one step at a time. Mm-hmm.